0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the Well Read Podcast. Today's episode is actually our latest teaching video, so if you want to watch instead of listen, check out our YouTube and be sure to go to wellreadlk.com to stay up to date on all the latest. Enjoy today's episode. It's February. The month of love. Valentine's Day. When the front of Walmart, the very front, when you first walk in, it's filled with chocolate and flowers and stuffed animals, you know. big $50 teddy bears. For me personally, I love stuffed animals. Anyway, welcome back to the second teaching video of Well Read. We are so excited that we get to teach you the Bible, why you should read it, and how to read it. February is pretty special to me as the month of love because my husband Isaac actually asked me to marry him in February and we got married in February. February 26, 2022. That's the date. The exact date that we got married. Our one year anniversary is coming up, so you should definitely leave a comment below to wish us a happy anniversary. But anyway, by the time you watch this video, Valentine's Day will be long over, but it's still the month of love. And I thought it would be beneficial to do a video talking about love because it's something that we all know about, but our world doesn't really seem to have a good grasp on it. Cause see, most people have sought to define love on their own terms. You know, for you, maybe you think that love is just a strong emotion, or maybe you think that it's just you like being around somebody, or you like certain qualities that they have. You know, whatever it looks like, people have sought to define love for themselves, and then they've expected others to align with that definition, and when they don't, as we've all seen, it causes conflict. People define love differently. And then they also have different ideas of how it should be expressed. It's no wonder that our world is so divided and seemingly so without love when people don't even really know what love is and they don't know how to express it. In our main passage of scripture for today, the apostle Paul was addressing some similar issues. He was writing to the church in Corinth because they were facing much division and confusion. And so Paul wrote to them to clear up the confusion, Encourage them to be united by pointing them to the one it's all about, Jesus Christ. The issue of what is love is a perfect example of why you should read the Bible because when people or the world or our culture are busy arguing over what something is, God already knows the truth about it and he's laid out the truth in his word. So what is love? Well, let love himself define it. Before we get to 1 Corinthians 13, I want to start with a verse that is found in another New Testament letter because it'll be imperative for you in coming to understand what love really is. One of Jesus' apostles and best friend's name was John. John actually wrote multiple books of the Bible. He wrote the Gospel of John, he wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation. Today we're going to be in one of his epistles, 1 John. He made a bold statement in this letter, inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we're gonna to turn to 1 John 4. And this is what 1 John 4.8 says. Anyone who does not know love does not know God because God is love. So the world struggles to define love because it doesn't actually know love. How can we expect the world to know how to love when they don't know God, who is love? That's why we, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, it's imperative that we know how to biblically love people because that is how that we will lead people to Jesus who don't know him. We're going to pick up in 1 Corinthians 13 to see what it looks like to love biblically, how God has laid out for us to love. But before I read the scripture, remember how important it is when you're reading the Bible to look at scripture in context. So let's talk about the context. Who wrote this book? The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, before he knew Jesus, he actually persecuted Christians. He hated the church. He didn't want anything to do with it. And then he encountered Jesus. He encountered love himself and it changed Paul's life. So Paul knew about this love he was writing about because he had experienced it in a very personal and real way. Who was it written to? It was written to the church in Corinth in Greece. Paul actually started this church. When was it written? It was written in approximately 55 AD. What was going on? Well, like I said, the church at Corinth, they had some issues going on. There was sin and immorality that was being tolerated. The people were divided. They were prideful. They were confused about the spiritual gifts. It was a mess. So Paul wrote this letter to clear up their confusion and point them to Christ. So let's pick up in 1 Corinthians 13. If you you know ha- are sitting down and have your Bible, you can open it up if you want. Or if you're listening to this on the way to work or something, I'm going to read it. So whatever works best for you. Let's start in verse 1. but spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide; these three, but the greatest of these is love. So, a lot going on here. So let's start at the beginning of the chapter. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Wow. If someone gave away all they had and even became a martyr, but didn't have love, they'd still have nothing they would still have gained nothing. Paul makes it clear from the start of this chapter the importance of love. The church of Corinth was focusing on the gifts and neglecting love. Think about it this way. Say you were visiting a church for the first time and the pastor there gave the best sermon you'd ever heard. He was an incredible communicator. You were blown away. So after the service, you were in the lobby and you actually saw him. And so you decided you were gonna go up and tell him that was an amazing message. You went up to him. He was arrogant. He was rude. And he kind of completely ignored you. Ignored you. You probably wouldn't want to listen to that pastor again because while he was a good communicator, he didn't show the love of Jesus. That's an example of the point that Paul is trying to make here. You may be walking in gifting, but are you walking in love? And if you're kind of wondering, am I walking in love? Then Paul, he gives a clear description of what biblically love really looks like. So let's kind of look at the list that he gives. Love is patient and kind. Love is patient. Love is kind. Are you patient? Are you kind? Are you really patient? Or do you find yourself getting frustrated with the long line at Starbucks drive through to the point of not being very kind to the barista who gives you your coffee at the window? Or if you're married like me, do you find yourself getting a little annoyed with your husband whenever he comes in from work, lays his hat down on the dining room table instead of taking it to the bedroom where the hats go? I'm still working on that one. But love is patient and love is kind. Are you patient? Are you kind? Love does not envy or boast. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Do you envy? Or are you envious? Do you find yourself comparing where you're at or what others have or where, where you're at with where others are at and what you have with what others have? Or do you boast? Do you find yourself bragging about your success or popularity or bank account? You may hear those things and think to yourself, I don't envy. I don't boast. I'm not a envious person. But do you feel bad when others are promoted at work because you felt like you deserved it? You worked hard. You deserved that promotion. Or when meeting someone new or reconnecting from some- with someone that you used to know, do you find yourself needing to bring up your job title or your salary? That That's envy and boasting, whether you realize it or not. And love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. Love's not arrogant. Do you think... You're smarter, better, or just more deserving than other people that you're around? Love's not rude. Are you the person who makes a scene at a restaurant whenever that your order's wrong? Because actually, I've heard from servers before that the worst crowd to serve is the Sunday morning after church crowd. And according to God's word, like that should never be our reputation. We should be known for our love and the fact that we're not rude. Love's not arrogant and love's not rude. Love does not insist on its own way. This one's tough for my generation to hear because like our whole lives we've been told the opposite. We've been told to love ourselves first, to put ourselves first, to put our desires first, our wants first, when in reality love does the opposite of that. Love doesn't insist on its own way. Do you insist on your own way? Love is not irritable or resentful. Are you irritable? I know for me, I struggle with being irritable sometimes when I'm really stressed or really tired or both. And actually, sometimes I find myself kind of taking that irritability out on my husband because he's my safe place and I feel comfortable with him. But that's not love. For me to be irritable and then take it out on the person that I trust with my most vulnerable feelings, that's not loving to him. And so I have to be intentional when I'm tired or stressed to say, you know what? I'm not going to be irritable because I love him. Are you resentful? Do you find it difficult to forgive others who have wronged you? Do you find it hard to let it go because you don't want to just let them off the hook. You're going to let them get away with it. That isn't love. Believer, is that how God responds to you when you've wronged him? No. He responds to you in forgiveness, grace, and love. Forgive others. Give them the same grace that God has given you. Love isn't irritable and it's not resentful. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. This is one of the aspects of love that the enemy has specifically tried to warp and distort for my generation. Gen Z, hear this. The enemy has told us that in order to love someone, this is a lie across our culture today, he has told us that, that in order to love someone, we have to agree with everything they think and everything they do. And he's told you that if someone disagrees with you or if you disagree with them, that you have to hate them. Biblically, this is untrue. This is not true. If someone's making a choice that isn't honoring to God and you choose to just agree for the sake of being agreeable, that's not love. Because see... Love is not self-seeking. And when you're afraid to speak biblical truth because you don't want someone to be mad at you or you don't want to be in an uncomfortable situation, that's not loving the other person. That's loving you. That's putting your feelings first. Let me give a silly example of this. Say my husband Isaac and I are on the way to work. We work together, so we ride together. Say we're on our way to work and he looks over when a conversation, he glances over and he sees that I have a booger in my nose. Now... He doesn't know what to do because I'm blissfully unaware that this booger is just hanging out of my nose. And he he could choose not to say anything because he knows this is going to be an awkward situation. He's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be embarrassed. I might get offended. And for the sake of his own comfortability, he could choose not to say anything. But that would be selfish because think about the cost of that. I I might be embarrassed whenever that he points it out in the car, but imagine how embarrassed I would be to find out that I just went to a meeting at work and this booger's in my nose and everybody saw it. That'd be much more embarrassing. So in love, he speaks the truth that says, hey babe, you have a booger in your nose and then I can do what needs to be done to get rid of that booger before I'm in a meeting. Listen to me. Sin is not beneficial for people It's destructive for people. Love doesn't rejoice with sin. It rejoices with the Son, the Son of God, Jesus. Because see, Jesus, who is truth himself, he came to set us free from our sin and our wrongdoing. Because of Jesus, we can be forgiven of our sin. We can live in the mercy and grace of God. That is the truth that we rejoice in. So when you stand, when you choose to stand for the truth of Jesus Christ, that is love, because Jesus is the only thing that can bring life and life more abundantly to the people in your life. They don't need you to agree with their sin. They need you to speak the truth in love. They need you to share the gospel with them. Your friend who is out getting wasted every Friday night, they might be enjoying that lifestyle, but you know that that is not what God has for them. That is not honoring to God. It's not what's best for them. So you could choose not to say anything because it's going to make you uncomfortable or they might get offended. But think about the cost of that. That friend needs to know the truth of Jesus, that he has so much better for them. They need to know that he has grace and mercy and love waiting for them. Love for people is willing to have hard conversations. Love for self isn't. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things believes all things really stands out to me because I know personally it can be really hard for me to believe the best in people. It's hard for me to trust people sometimes and to open up and so it can be easy for me to think that people aren't genuine or that they're actually out to get me and I can't trust them. But that isn't the love that God has called us to have for people. We're called to look at people the way that He looks at people. And the last thing that I want to point out is the Greek love that Paul, the Greek word that Paul used for love. He used the word agape. You may wonder why that's significant. You're probably like, Leslie, why did you have to bring up the Greek? I don't know Greek. Well, Listen, you don't have to know Greek, neither do I. I never took a class on Greek. I took Hebrew. But anyway, there were four different words that translated to love in English. But agape was different from the rest of the three. Because see, agape was a self-sacrificial love. It wasn't really based on feelings as much as it was based on putting others before yourself. It's a love that gives without the expectation of return. And that is the love that God has for you. And that's the love that he wants you to have for people. Agape never ends. Agape never fails. Love never ends. Love never fails. God's agape love for you will never, ever fail. He will never stop loving you. You know, you may have had someone in your life who claimed to love you, who left you, or abandoned you, or hurt you, or lied to you, but God will never do any of those things. He loves you in the most pure and humble way. Believers, God has clearly laid out for us how to love and what love really is, but we get the choice if we're gonna walk in that love or not. I ask you today, are you living in the love of God? Do you know that he loves you? Like that he really, really loves you? Are you loving the people around you with His love? Are you really loving them with action and intentionality? Or have you adopted the world standard of love instead of the biblical standard of love? Having a biblical love may seem like a daunting task, but you can start simple. Walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Ask him to make his fruit more evident in your life. Ask him to give you a fresh revelation of his love for you so that you can share that love with others. Take one step towards loving with the 1 Corinthians 13 agape love this week. What is that next step? Is it to pray for others more? Maybe it's to take a step out of your comfort zone and pray with others more. Is there someone that you need to forgive who you're holding a grudge against? If someone just came to mind, the answer is yes. Do you need to have a hard conversation and tell someone that they aren't living God's will for their life right now, but they can, and that he has love, mercy, and grace waiting for them? If someone just came to mind, the answer is yes. Whatever it is, I pray that the Holy Spirit will show you your next step and how to love with the 1 Corinthians 13 love. Maybe you're watching this and you've never actually experienced the love of Jesus. I just can't end this video without giving you the opportunity to step into that love and live in it for the rest of your life. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. All of us have sinned. We've all done things that we shouldn't have done. We've said things we shouldn't have said. We've thought things we shouldn't have thought. We've made choices we shouldn't have made. And that sin, it separates us from God because God's holy and he can't be in the presence of sin. He's never sinned, he's never done anything wrong. He's perfect, he's holy. But see, he loves us. He loves us so much that he sent Jesus. Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus, the Messiah, God, he came to the earth. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried, rose from the dead on the third day. He defeated death, sin, hell and the grave. He's alive today and he's waiting for you. The Bible says this, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you are ready to turn away from your sins today and follow Jesus, if you believe that he is the Messiah, that he died for your sins, that he rose from the grave, you can make the decision to follow him, receive his love right now, today. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus, here's an example prayer that you can pray right now. Jesus, thank you for loving me even though I don't deserve it. Thank you for coming to earth and living the sinless life I couldn't live. Thank you for dying the death I deserved and paying for my sin. Thank you for rising again and defeating death. I confess that I am a sinner and have done wrong. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I will follow you for the rest of my life. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just gave your life to Jesus and stepped into his love for the first time, we at Well Read are so, so excited for you please contact us to let us know about your decision. You can do that by email at contact at wellreadlk.com contact at wellreadlk.com or DM us on Instagram at wellreadlesleyk. Either way is good. We will be so excited to hear from you and we will reach out to you to help you take your next step in your walk with God. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, you are loved by the God of the universe with agape love. You are loved by Him more than you are by anyone. It's a love that never changes. It's a love that is pure. And it is my prayer that you will experience that love, walk in that love, and share it with everyone you come into contact with. We at Well Read love you, and we're thankful that we get to teach you the Bible, why you should read it, and how to read it.